Welcome to the Get Transformed podcast, where we transform the journey of Jewish divorce from hellish to healing. We're your hosts. I'm Ali. And I'm David. And we've both personally navigated the challenges of divorce in the Jewish world. We started this podcast when we each found that while there's often a lot of community support and education for things like child rearing and marriage, there's a real gap of support for people in our community going through divorce. We're also both Jewish educators, coaches, and healers. So we're offering practical tools, perspectives, and real life examples from our own clients that will change your challenging experience of divorce into an opportunity to transform your life in powerful and beautiful ways. Join us as we delve into a new topic each week, answering real life questions and sharing parts of our journey with you all. Welcome back, everyone. Hello, Ellie. Hello, audience. How's everyone doing on this wonderful day? <laughs> be cool if we could hear their answer to that question. Um... Mm, might be overwhelming, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, all right. Welcome back, everyone. We are in the midst of the holidays, um, right between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And so we thought we would do an episode that sort of fits with the theme of the times that we're in, uh, and we're going to talk about forgiveness today. Um, so David, where should we begin? Hmm. It's, it's just to acknowledge, first of all, how tricky this is. Um, the challenge of forgiveness is, I mean, we're talking right now specifically about forgiving your ex mm -hmm. and the amount of emotional charge that is involved with that is not a simple thing to navigate. You know, this is, could be a decades long challenges that you've kind of had to interact over and that they're not even slightly um, seeking forgiveness from you. They're not sorry. They're not, you know, it could be right. So that that's a really, how do you forgive someone when they're not asking for forgiveness? Cause that's really what right. we're talking about here. Like if, if you have a situation where they're coming to you and, and they're, they're saying, Hey, look, I acknowledge what I did wrong. And I want to ask for forgiveness. That's one conversation. That's not the conversation we're having today because that's kind of a regular scenario of forgiveness. This is a much more challenging one where they're not even admitting they did anything wrong. And we're still looking, is it possible to forgive someone when they're not sorry for what they did, when they're not acknowledging their role in it? And is that, do we need to? Is that something that is worth doing? Um, so it's a complex, complex topic. We just want to acknowledge that from the get-go. And and if you are triggered by this episode, um, our heart goes out to you and our support goes out to you. Um, it's not a simple one. And maybe it's not the time to listen to that, to be honest. Uh, you know, maybe you're not ready to hear this episode. Um, but it's really important to talk about this. It's important for yourself, for your own emotional well-being. It's important for your children. It's important for your relationship with your ex going forward for the sake of your children, all these different things. And and to be honest with you, it's really for your healing as a human being and navigating just stuff that humans do throughout our lives. This is a really important episode. Uh, yeah, and I would also add, you know, if you eventually want to be in a new relationship, um, if you are not able to move on and part of fully moving on from your past relationship is being able to forgive in the, in, in the ways that we're talking about, right? Because why, 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 just to play devil's advocate, why? Just like I can go on to the next relationship and be upset with my ex and not, and just like hate them. And 
why do I need why do I need to heal that or or smooth that over in order to go into another relationship? Why is that important? So I think as we are hopefully going to find like through this conversation that forgiveness is an essential ingredient in the healing process to fully understand what happened in that relationship um, and not just their part in it, but your part in it also. Um, and if you don't understand your part in how a relationship uh, went um, then chances are you still have blind spots and those blind spots will show up in your next relationship. And also, if you're a person that's holding on to a lot of hatred, um, it will inevitably poison your ability to open your heart, your ability to be vulnerable, your ability to connect, all of those things. So um, forgiveness isn't just simply an ingredient that is a part of the healing process because if you can't forgive, you know, you're going to carry that stuff forever and it will affect your ability to be close. Got it. So if I could articulate it just so that I see if I've got it, you're saying that if I want to have a great relationship moving forward without repeating the same mistakes that I had in the previous one, part of that is kind of grappling with exactly what went on in the previous one so that I know, oh, I'm I'm different. I'm no longer making the same mistakes that I made because I've acknowledged what I did wrong. I've taken blame for it. So, and you're saying that that's part of the forgiveness portion, because this is all complicated and connected here. Part of the forgiveness portion is grappling with my own part of whatever went wrong. So is there any part, I guess, I guess my question is, is there any part of forgiveness which isn't involving my wrongdoings because that sounds like an awful lot to grapple with i'm just trying i just want to kind of divide it up is there any part of forgiveness which doesn't involve me looking at myself i can't uh i can't envision that personally but uh, maybe there's something i'm missing um you know because i think even with situations where you did nothing wrong you're also in a relationship with Hashem, with God. And as Jews, we would look at it, well, um, you know, do I know better than God how my life is supposed to go? I have some idea that I know that, you know, no, actually it shouldn't have been this way. Yeah, we can have those feelings, but it isn't necessarily, you know, um, I don't have God glasses. Like I don't look at my life through that world. I feel like you just jumped 25 steps and I'm like, whoa, hold on here. You're saying it's all God has like made me go through the suffering for like, even though I think it's objectively wrong. Like you've just, you've just gone, sorry, you've just like, let's, I I happen to agree with you parenthetically, but let's just rewind. Like, Well, if you're going to ask me that question, then that's where I'm going to go. But I I disagree with you. I disagree. I think that's a major part that is, independent of your own forgiveness there you can divide them into two different parts here one is you know the interaction about what your ex did their role and their shit so to speak and then the other part is like what's your role and what is your part they're two separate things and i think that um making it all dependent upon like it's too hard to start with looking at yourself sometimes like it's just it's hard like, to, to admit the parts that you played it takes a, it's a heavier lift it's like you know, let's go to the gym and i'm going to start off with the 350 pound chest 
chest press. Like, let's start with the 20 pounds. Let's just build our way up there. And I think that the 20 pound is, it's a lot easier to look at what someone else did than what, than what you did wrong. So I think there are different parts here and there are different things to navigate. And the first part is, okay, let's look at what they did. But to truly understand what they did, the, the second level is like, what was my role in what they did? So I'm just I just want to divide up the two and say that no, it's not all or nothing. You don't have to navel gaze the entire time. And I say that with tongue in cheek because I believe in looking at your own parts and what you did. But um, first, you can let's just let's just go with the easier part first. Okay, so maybe we can start with like what's in the way. What is in the way? Okay, what is in the way? Why would we not want to forgive someone? Right, lots of reasons. The first one that comes to mind is justice, right? It's not right. They did something wrong. They did something wrong. They need to pay. There needs to be a cosmic balance going on here. I need to feel like they get they got their recompense for what they did to me. And until they do, or until they've kind of tried to equalize it by by asking for forgiveness or, you know, placating me, they I can't forgive them. They can't do it. It's not right. Yeah, I think there's also a piece of the win-lose paradigm, right? If if I forgive them, then they win and I lose. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're really stuck in that win-lose idea of relationship, then forgiveness is just simply not going to be an option. Right. And like part of the, the first, the justice, the revenge and justice are really closely related there like you want your you want to get back at them right like you want like no i'm not letting them go i'm not gonna let them get away with it it's like the revenge is really the payoff of the pain right the way i look at it is like you have this kind of like balance in your brain of like they caused me this amount of pain so they need to feel that amount of pain at least right that's, right. That, that's where like the revenge kind of vibe comes from um but it's really it's really underlying in my mind is this idea of this cosmic justice that we feel like there should the world should be just there should be balance so when they cause me pain they need to experience pain right or or they need to kind of like i said placate me assuage my pain and and make me feel better right yeah i think there's also um the idea especially if there's a feeling of rejection um you know that eventually they'll come to see how wrong they were and like um, turn around and say, you know, oh, it was always you. I, I, you know, what a mistake I made, you know, losing you. You're actually the best thing that ever happened to me. Please take me back. Um, you know, it's all the fantasies that go underneath, like um, the what, shame. What, explain, explain to me how that's part of not forgiving them. I'm, I'm not following. Um. Because if I, I believe you're... that's a trope, I believe that, that that that's something that people do, but I'm not I'm not sure how it's connected to not forgiving them. Because I think that when we forgive them, we also have to let go of the fantasy that some type of revenge or justice is going to happen. And for some people, justice is oh my gosh, they'll finally realize what an idiot they were that they you know ended this relationship or did that thing. And that would be part of the justice. Like they'll come crawling back to me. Um, so the balance, and... the balance is that they will swing the opposite direction. 
they cause me all this pain. The way to balance that out is by them coming back with love and, and saying, you know, I really want you back. Right. And if I forgive them, they'll never do that. So if you're mm. attached to them somehow, you know, writing, you know, if justice is them realizing what a terrible mistake they made and by not forgiving them, I am, you know, making it that justice will happen, um, then I'm not going to forgive them. So it, it's an algorithm that you can play in your head. You know, A plus B equals C. If I forgive them, they justice will never happen and therefore they'll never come to me. Or, you know, they'll never apologize or they'll never see what a jerk they were, et cetera, et cetera. Right. By the way, these are all really good reasons to not forgive. So, like, I don't know how we're going to do the rest of the episode. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I think really there's also, like, <laughs> yeah, I think there's also this idea people will not forgive a person because, oh, if I forgive them, it puts a hexer on what they've done. Right. It, it says okay. what they did was fine. Like yeah. I give somehow credence to why they did whatever it was they did. So I right. can't That's forgive a big them. One. That's a big one. Could we talk to that one just for a second? Because I want to I want to see if, if we have a satisfying answer on the spot, because it's such a good one. It feels like, you know, if I if I forgive them for doing that, that means it was OK what they did. Right. That's what we think. Forgiveness means it's what they did was OK. How is that not how is that not what forgiveness is? Because that's what it feels like to a lot of people. Like, you know, if I forgive them, it means I'm condoning their behavior. Why is that not true? Can you answer that first? I'd have to <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> um, I would I would say that like let's take let's take a let's take a simple example for a second, right? Of like someone, you know, um cut you off, right? So compassion, which I think forgiveness and compassion are really much inter interact interrelated. Compassion means seeing the bigger picture, right? Compassion means putting things in context and seeing mitigating factors. So saying, oh, you know what? That person, um, let's say that they are, uh, you know, in this situation, they are running to get to work on time and they're they really, you know, they're going to lose their job if they don't get there. So, oh, I can understand. I can understand why they did it. It wasn't great that they did it. I don't like that they did it, but I can understand the context of what it is that they did. So it's, it's, it's saying like, we're human beings, we're not perfect and he shouldn't have done it, but I can understand you know, and I think that's where it comes from a little bit. This, this idea of a hechsher, right? This, this stamp of approval, forgiveness actually does sometimes mean putting context around an action and understanding why they did it. It doesn't mean, and, and here's the distinction here: understanding why someone did it doesn't mean what they did was right. Right? Someone can do something wrong, but you can understand how it makes sense to them, how they did what they did. Yeah. It's interesting. I just, it just makes me think I saw some, um, I saw Adrian Gold speak on Rosh Hashanah and she was talking about forgiveness. And one of the things she said that I thought was really great was forgiveness. Isn't when you can finally understand why they did what they did. Forgiveness. That's understanding why they did what they did. Forgiveness is when you can't understand why they did what they did. Like that's when actual forgiveness kicks in, when it's illogical, when it doesn't make any sense, when you won't get an explanation. Um, and so forgiveness is like, um, 
that it kicks in at that moment because my brain, my brain is otherwise it's something different. Right it feels like the exact opposite of what I just said. So I'm excited to explore this with you right now because this sounds like the exact opposite of what I just said. The forgiveness comes when you can say they're human beings, they are complex and there's context around it. And you're saying, I don't agree with it. I don't think what they did was right, but I'm, but I'm big enough. I have more compassion to recognize we all make mistakes. I mean that the bottom line of forgiveness, it's it's a it it is a um, a chiddush in the world, right? Forgiveness really is that we talk about this concept of tshuva was actually created before the existence of mankind, right? That we talk about that God had to create forgiveness before He created mankind because we are a flawed individual. It's impossible to be perfect, right. and so it doesn't it doesn't really make sense like to the nth degree right because justice really is like you did something wrong there needs to be payment for it well, how does forgiveness work and forgiveness is really saying i'm actually going beyond the normal way of the world functioning right i'm saying you know what there there is there is justice in the world and i'm actually saying i don't need you to pay me with justice i don't need i can i can actually have a different way of functioning chesed is this this rachamim this 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 it's counteracting judgment and the muslim the in the path of the just has a whole has a whole little piece on why it's not a contradiction to justice because he says the world ultimately is ruled by justice there has to be um a balance for everything and he explains why that by why rachamim my, my mercy is not counteracting justice and he, he explains i'm not going to go into it right here but the here what i'm suggesting which sounds like the opposite of you right you're saying we can forgive someone the the real level of forgiveness is when you don't understand them and you forgive them anyway which i i still haven't got my head around in this moment mm -hmm. i'm saying that no part of this process is actually understanding that they are a human being with flaws and you're understanding a little bit about what went on. You don't have to understand the nth degree, but like saying, oh, you know what? Understanding the the situation, are you like, I guess the question is like, are you perfect? Did you, is your behavior okay? Can you say, you know what? I can forgive, I can allow myself to make errors, but I can't allow anyone, anyone else to make errors, mistakes. Right. And, and it, by the way, parenthetically, a lot of people who have perfectionism don't allow themselves to make errors and therefore don't have that forgiveness for other people right if 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 you yeah. need to navigate your anxiety by being perfect right the way that you avoid hard emotions is by always being just 100 good mm -hmm. then you won't have any room for seeing the humanity and other people and their mistakes it's a, it's a, it, to right. me it was a huge paradigm shift when i recognized my own like the compassion that I had, and I'm not even, I don't even recall right now which direction came first. Was it self-compassion came first and then I had compassion for other people or compassion for other people came first and then I had self-compassion? I don't know, because the two of them are so interrelated. But being able to see the humanity of people and saying people make mistakes, they make really bad, really, really bad mistakes, like sometimes huge mistakes, right? Let's, let's put the biggest one out there for a marriage, right? Infidelity, right? Mm -hmm. like that's a really big mistake that's not a small mistake and for some people it can be in for that for, for years how do you forgive that and it's the same at, at, at its root it really is the same 
um, idea, and that is that humans make mistakes. And if you want to be able to get through this life, you have to recognize that you make mistakes and other people make mistakes, and we can't hold on to them. We just can't. We have to see them as a mistake, whether it was an intentional mistake, an accidental mistake, makes it easier or harder to forgive. Um, I don't know. Am I just saying the same thing over and over? I don't know. Please, please chime in here. No, I, I think that um, it's very hard to forgive others for things you can't forgive yourself for. Um, yeah, you know, definitely. there really is an inner paradigm, which I think is what you're pointing to. So if you're a person who needs everything to be perfect all the time, and you're very hard on yourself when you're not perfect, you are also going to be that way with your partner or with anyone else in your life. And it will be very hard for you to forgive them for also not being perfect. But again, that just brings us back to, you know, what are our expectations um, and are they reasonable and are they explicit? Um, so I, I think that's important. Um, and I think the other piece that I wanted to throw in, you know, if we're talking about barriers is um, often need it like, being angry at somebody and holding on to being angry at them and blaming them for what happened. It can also be an avoidance of whatever shame and humiliation we may have felt from whatever went down. Meaning as long as I feel angry at them, as long as I blame them for this, I, I feel more, you know, angry is sometimes much more easy to feel than, than shame or humiliation uh, or embarrassment or pain. And so sometimes we can really, really not want to forgive the other person because then what we're left with, it can seem like we're left holding the bag of our own pain and our own hurt and our own shame and all of those really, really difficult, uncomfortable feelings to feel. Um, so that's and, also and why I think I would we also can add, avoid it. It's not, it's not just about, the shame blame when i'm pointing a finger at someone else there's no finger pointed at me like if it's all that person's fault then i'm absolved from examining my part in the in in the problem um you know to take a you know you're at a board meeting and the product didn't happen on time right that whatever so oh, it was all this guy's fault so if as long as it's all that guy's fault Right. The, the, by the way, the louder you're screaming that, chances are the more the, the the higher chance that you are scared at looking at your, at your part of it. Right. You really don't want to see what your part was, because that's the the best way to avoid looking in the mirror is by pointing your finger at the other person. So a large part of not wanting to give the other person and really holding them accountable for all the problems is because you're absolutely terrified to know or, or in, incapable of looking at yourself and what your role was in this little dance because nothing happens in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw a really, I was listening to a really great interview with James Sexton on the Lips Friedman podcast, and he's a high conflict uh, divorce attorney. 
And he just recently wrote a book about like how to have a great marriage based on all the things that he saw and has been seeing in court for the last like 30 years and like what people were doing. And he said something so interesting, which I think speaks to what you're saying, which is, you know, the, the most horrible things that end up happening in a marriage in terms of, okay, let's not, let's take away the most horrible. But when you're talking about something like, like infidelity, he says the points of disconnect started long before they got to the infidelity or the divorce, that the small moments of disconnect, you know, whether it was like, um, you know, you don't buy me my favorite granola anymore, or you don't get me, you know, you don't, you know, hold my hand the way that you used to. All these small moments of disconnect that happen throughout the relationship eventually get you to these bigger, more obvious issues. Um, but I think a lot of the time we want to focus on the big obvious issues, but not on the very small points of disconnect that have been happening for a long time and that people don't talk about, right? They, it's the choice, he said, to not say something about those small moments of disconnect that eventually ends up being, you know, like in Tai Chi, there's this idea if you're off by an inch, you're off by a mile. Uh, we'll have seen that like in relationship, like when you're on a plane, if the plane is like, you know, three inches off course, eventually you end up in this. In I a knew you were going to go to the plane. I, knew, I just knew you were going to go to the plane. Example. <laughs> that was like, oh, when she's going to say the plane example? Yes, of course. I completely agree. Um, it's just like the, the classic uh, direction. Uh, I'm, can I just pick up a piece that, that we, we, we didn't examine? You were mentioning a and uh, gold's point per perspective and i just wanted to to kind of speak something out that that i'm afraid is in that kind of statement and maybe you'll show me why it's not so what i heard you saying was that forgiveness forgiveness without understanding is the highest level of forgiveness right when you don't understand what they did but you forgive them anyway so i just want to make a distinction because one of the things that we're not trying to advocate for um is self-abandonment right there's like there's a distinction between forgiving someone out of a place of empowerment and healthy forgiveness and there's a place there's a forgiveness of self-abandonment which i think is a especially for the people pleasers out there which is often our listeners right you can just you can like you know we've mentioned the idea of being mavater right for going just just like you know letting the other person win or whatever it may be um there's an unhealthy version of forgiveness where you say you know what i'm just going to forgive them i'm just going to forgive them it's fine i'm going to forgive them move on done right and that can be a very big self-abandonment um, and really hiding from your own emotions and just kind of sweeping it all under the rug for what looks like you being taking the higher road, right? It looks like you're being the noble person and you're saying, you know what, I'm just going to forgive them from it all and it's the right thing to do and I'm going to do it, right? Which to me sounds like when you're talking about forgiving without understanding um, versus um, a healthy forgiveness is I recognize what they did um, I understand how much pain it caused me. I'm really upset about it all. Um, and I can nevertheless say, I understand a little, a little bit about why they did it. And I'm, and I'm willing to let that go because they made a mistake. It wasn't, it wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for them, but I'm going to let that go because I have compassion for all the, all the, all the reasons and all the parts that went into whatever it is that they decided to do. I'm allowing that to be okay. I'm allowing, I'm letting that go. 
So could you explain to me why I, either you agree with me and that's under the other category, or maybe it's something different. I don't know. I don't know if we want to dive down too much into this because we have a lot more to say and we have a little time to say it, but what does it mean forgiving without understanding? What does that mean? That's, that sounds like you're just like, you know what? I just forgive them. I don't understand it. I just forgive them. Like why? What's that driven by? Like, where's it coming from? You're Because you're the bigger person. Like, are you doing that with an ulterior motive? Like what, what's going on there? Um, I think how I understand it, and which I think is in the context of, say, Yom Kippur and the high holidays is exactly what I said at the beginning when you asked me this, which is, eventually, do you have a Hashem perspective on the world or a self perspective on the world? So, you know, so it's really, I don't, so, so, I'm not so always that, gonna... So in that case, in that case, it's not really, it's really saying, you know what, I don't understand why this happened. I know God runs the world. And there's a reason behind it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna accept that that Hashem made this happen in this way for my benefit for some reason that I don't necessarily understand. I'm gonna let that go. So it's really not um forgiving the person per se. It's kind of almost it's almost like forgiving God a little bit. Um and I say that with quote unquote uh forgiving God because you're saying saying, you know what, God, I, I guess you know more than I do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take take off my I'm not sure if that's here. forgiving. I think it's trusting. Yeah, but still, there's, there's an aspect of forgiveness, like it's letting go, right? Ultimately, it's that's what we're talking right. about. Like, for, right. Part of forgiveness is letting go of control. I can right. control so this outcome. It's not a lot the, of it's people. It's not about the person. It's not about the person. You're not forgiving the person, right? You think they're, they're a schmo for what they did, and you're not really like. You're you're exactly where you were before, but you're saying this had to happen, right? My ex had to, you know, steal, uh, you know, hundred thousand dollars from my saving account and 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 screw me over, right? They had to do that. I don't know why. I don't understand. I think they're, but I'm letting go. What about the ex? Your ex at all? Okay, so I think if I understand your question, you're basically asking um, if we turn to the Hashem perspective, right? Like everything is in Hashem's hands, everything is in God's hands. Um, that's not really about forgiving the other person. Um, I think that's true. And I think sometimes there's a macro perspective that's needed um, because you can't always understand another person's motivations. You can't always understand what another person is doing. We're not mind readers and we're not always going to get an explanation from that person. And sometimes trying to understand them is also a part of trying to control. Um, so sometimes, you know, forgiveness is accepting that I cannot control anything about this situation. Um, and I'm going to move forward anyways. Um, so right. I, I, look, I would agree. I would agree with you. There are, there are definitely situations like let's take extremes. Someone gets murdered, God forbid. Right. So, you know, there's no need to necessarily crawl into the mind of the murderer and justify it and put it in context. I, I could agree there. You need kind of the, the God perspective. I would say that as much as is possible to, gain understanding with in the context of marriage and a divorce the the more understanding you can get opinion 
um i think it just it just makes makes the the forgiveness deeper and and more real for sure um so yeah i think that there are the, these are really two different modes depending upon whether there is the ability to gain that understanding or not yeah i agree yeah for sure yeah and awesome. I think it le leads us into like, you know, if we're going to be able to do that with the other person, um, you know, how do we start to see that other person not as a monster, but as a human who makes mistakes? Like we said, like if you can get out of the perfectionist, you know, part of yourself, can you just simply see that this person is flawed and not okay or making choices out of pain? Um you know, I think we were speaking earlier and you said this thing about and what was this thing about and? Yeah, the 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 complexity of nuance and, and gray where, you know, the be the best books that you read with like um, villains, it takes the villain from being this like all evil character to being complex and having parts that are good and parts that are bad mm -hmm. and it's not it's not just a you know a, a darth vader vibe it's got an end right they mm -hmm. they have this good part to them and they have this bad part to them just like we do right we are complex people we have parts of ourselves that we're really proud of and there are parts of us that we're really not proud of that we right. feel like we're not stepping up to as good as we could be so having the end allows you to both hold the space for the bad that they did and see that in the context of a complex human being that has good and bad within them they're not just the devil incarnate right and most people are doing things with, with what they think are good intentions um you know they say like the road to ruin is paved with good intentions but it's also like most people are doing what they can um out of some sense of like, this is the best thing to do in this moment. And it isn't, doesn't always mean it's true. It doesn't always mean it's fact. Um, but or there's conscience. always like, conscious. right. Right. And there's, all, but there's always a story underneath it. There's always stuff to understand and to open and, and to try to dig deeper into. Okay. Yeah, one of the, one of the things I wanted to dive into, if it's okay yeah. with you, is is that the one of the biggest barriers to forgiveness is is an emotional charge that we're carrying within us. Yeah. And and it's, you know, the when you think back about the incident or the person or whatever it is, right? One of the reasons that you can't actually you know allow yourself to forgive is because there's this huge emotion coming up, which says, no, I can't do that. Like, but it's not right. It's I'm angry with them. I'm hurt by them. And this huge charge that doesn't allow you to get, ever get to the point of um, understanding or being open to even start to understand. And so one of the things that we, we need to do in the, on the path to forgiveness, if you, if you choose to kind of go down this path is to start to, um, kind of let the steam off of that emotion and and how do you do that and and part of the process of forgiving before you can get to all of the intellectual parts it really is the emotional work of because what you want right what do, what do you really want when the person does something wrong to you you want them to acknowledge that you're right right that you want to validate that's just to, to paraphrase it, you want them to validate your perspective your emotion around the incident right right i'm really really angry with you for doing that 
And then the, you want the person to say, actually, you're 100% right. You should be angry. I deserve that anger. Um, you are justified in your feelings. That that feel, that need for validation, we so often outsource it to the other person. And, and that's a, a losing, disempowered um, paradigm because they're not going to acknowledge you. They're not going to say that you're right. They're not going to, like, they're in their own paradigm. Yeah, I think a lot of people skip over this. Like, you know, we don't think about it because we're like, well, I just want them to say sorry. I just want them to apologize. I just want them to, you know, at least, you know, say that what they did wasn't okay. You know, I don't need them to validate my feelings. I just need them to say I'm sorry. But, you know, really needing somebody to apologize or say sorry is a type of emotional validation that what they did was wrong and that, you know, they should feel bad about it and you were hurt. Um, you know, if we understand what a real apology is, you acknowledge that what you did hurt the other person. Um, so I just want to clarify that because a lot of people will say, yeah, I don't need them to validate my feelings. I just need them to say, I'm sorry. Right. Which is really what you're saying. It's one and the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so just to, to, to drill down just for a moment on the process of what that looks like is number one, like you have the ability to validate your own emotions. You don't your own emotions, which I think I've referred to before as printing your own money, basically being able to say, I am 100% valid and allowed to be angry and hurt and upset and all the rest of it, all those emotions make sense. And, and what that does for yourself by allowing that to be that, that you, instead of resisting that you're it, it just like, it allows that emotion to be. And, and, and this, the second step, which is, um, again, doesn't have to be the, the, the Kiddush here, the novel idea here is that you don't actually have to involve the other person in this process in order for the emotions to be released. Like you might think I need to be able to yell at this person, scream at them, you know, get them to understand how much they hurt me in order for this emotion to, to feel um, like it's come to its uh, realization in the world. And, mm -hmm. and it's not right. true. You actually don't need anyone else there. Having a therapist can help for sure, but basically you can validate your emotion and then allow it to come out into the world. Go, go to a, you know, go to one of those rooms. What, what are those rooms called where you like smash the dishes and all the rest of it? Right. Like a rage room. Yeah. Rage I, room. I think also like just to reiterate before you go on, like this also is, you know, there are situations where you can go to the person who's hurt you and say that really hurt. Right. That, that hurt me. This is what it felt like for me. Um, and there, there can be a healing in that. But I think as we said at the beginning that we're trying to talk about situations here where you can't do that. You can't go to them and say that really hurt me, or, you know, there's no way that, um, there's going to be some kind of resolve or repair with the person. So now you're stuck with either being angry with them forever or some, or forgiving them, um, so that I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, great clarification. So this emotion needs to go somewhere. So it needs to first be allowed to be there. And then it needs to have an, an ability to to kind of go through its full cycle, right? Like anger needs to the energy of anger, like the fight flight, it needs to go to climax and then go down. 
it, if it doesn't if it doesn't gonna get to its crescendo it it's constantly seeking that crescendo like it needs to go it's like a, it's the way our bodies are built and so you know even just standing up and pushing against the wall literally like putting your hands against the wall and trying to push down a wall when you're angry it's a great way to release that anger into the world like just push 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 or you know hit a pillow whatever whatever is it works for you and and sometimes if it's sadness it needs to be allowed to cry and sometimes whatever it may be every emotion has its way of being released but the the barrier to forgiveness is the discharging of these emotions and this is like a, an un, un, a misunderstood step in the process of getting to forgive to, to forgiveness because once you release that emotion oh, the charge is gone you can now actually kind of look at it with fresh eyes with an open mind that which is not available when you're in that charged space yeah and i think that part of the challenge is that most people are uh, acculturated and used to only discharging emotions with the other person. They're not used to sitting with their own feelings by themselves and just simply feeling their own, own feelings and validating those feelings for themselves. So meaning if I'm not yelling at you, I don't have a way to feel my own anger and validate that. And so the difficulty with that is then you're dependent on the other person to have a way to process your emotions. Um, and the only way that I'm going to be able to forgive you is if I can scream and yell and cry and tell you all the things that you did to me that were wrong. And then you will validate that for me rather than being able to have you like as you so you know beautifully described how you can have your own emotions feel them be in your body let them move and then validate them for yourselves yes i feel hurt why do i need the other person to tell me yes i know i hurt you when i can also say to myself like wow i feel really hurt and validate that for myself and not be necessarily dependent on the other person for me to be able to process my feelings and emotions yeah, it's a huge. It's a huge point. It it should not be under uh, under emphasized. It can't be under whatever the, you know what words I'm trying to say, everyone. Um, that the emotions don't need someone else to come to fruition. Like that's and and once you realize that, wow, it's a whole different. You're so empowered because you're no longer dependent upon them in order to release yourself from this dynamic like you're no longer dependent upon their seeking forgiveness their acknowledgement all that stuff you don't need them for that and it's such a wow it feels so good in your in yourself to be able to say oh wow i can i can actually let go of this 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 really ugly little connection that i have with them without them doing a single thing So that's that's the the real kind of you know major paradigm shift for me in this process is getting the emotional charge out of the way, and it's such a big one. It's such a big yeah. one because you know we could be talking about stuff like like you know like I said, decades long. So yeah. learning how to release that emotion, and there could be a lot of it. It might need to happen not just in one session; might need to be ongoing. But if you really want to do this work properly, it's getting 
you know, get a piece of paper, get a pen and write out a hate, a hate letter, right? Write out the hate letter of like every reason that you hate them, right? You're letting that emotion come out by doing that. Yeah. And also giving yourself a chance to like see it on the table, like as long as it just stays inside of you and it's all broiling and, you know, swirling around it's a bit of a mess and it's chaotic and it's hard to pin down and it's hard for you to actually look at it objectively and be with so you know because that's sort of the the biggest piece is can you actually feel your feelings rather than pushing them out of you um and once you're with your feelings then suddenly the smoke clears you can see things more clearly, like what's going on. Like you, it, like you said, when it takes the charge down, suddenly you can see the battlefield and be like, oh, what happened here? What was this exactly that went on? Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that goes into the idea of the story that you have around the scenario, that the story that we say around what happened, it's such a major part of the healing process of putting together a narrative because we all have these narratives that we, you know, if you were to ask someone, well, what happened, right? And you have, you have a pat story that you kind of tell around your divorce. Um, there are some stories that you kind of keep to the people who are perhaps in your inner circle versus your outer circle, right? Now, you know, outer circle is, you know, oh, you know, we had some differences, we had some value changes, whatever it is, but like the inner circle, you tell what you quote unquote really think happened, but being able to, um, reconfigure your story after the emotional release has happened it's yeah. a very different story after that yeah um, for sure yeah and at that point you know if there's responsibility to be taken on your part then you can calmly do that without being like it's either all my fault or all their fault right we we talked about when you're in black and white thinking you're in, you're in extremes it means you're emotionally reactive and you're not really looking at the whole story the whole story is usually each person has some part in whatever went down in this relationship but you can't get to that as long as you're just totally blaming the other person or conversely totally just blaming yourself um so i right, think which i think which ties into really the the next part of forgiveness chapter, which is self-forgiveness. Mm, yeah. The part of the process of um, essentially accepting partial responsibility for what happened uh, is having that compassion to see your own mistakes as mistakes and not definitions of who you are. Um, and then allowing yourself that forgiveness. It's, it's an unexpected part of the forgiveness process. In, once you get out of the blame mindset, right, right, which is really, like you said, the black and white, then there's now you're going to have to look at the parts that you, you know, participated. Let's let's take a, a you know, a classic infidelity scenario. Mm -hmm. So you know, the husband, um, you know, ha has has an affair, right? But meanwhile, the wife was you know, refraining from intimacy for the last six months, right? So- Or six years, like sometimes right. that stuff goes right. down. So she she's blaming him for, for infidelity and she's right. He had a part in that place that he chose to act that certain way, um, but she had a contributing factor. And so then understanding her 
part in like the, the complexities of her actions like where did where right. did she where, where was her actions coming from can she hold space for her own mistake right. not necessarily maybe she should have been you know more forthright and confrontational and say you know what i have a problem and I, and i need us to resolve it and instead of just you know resorting to you know bedroom tactics of you know shutting shutting down intimacy so right. and then on top of that like once you start doing that you might also find then the wheel turns again right well there was something that was already happening in the relationship with him which is the reason that she stopped you know being intimate with him and there was a you know he was doing that because he heard her say something about this which made him do this like often you'll find that there's a wheel that's been turning for a long time of each person missing um, or misunderstanding or making mistakes or getting upset or not discussing. And it's been turning and turning and turning and turning until it becomes this big um, expressive symptom of the system that's been breaking down for a while. Yeah. 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 The layer upon layer upon layer. And then, and then I think the self-compassion part of it, is often a new a new piece for people who have never encountered it right in order to forgive someone else like we said you have to learn how to forgive yourself right you can only you can only offer someone else what you have available to offer yourself and i think that's a part of the, the dynamic with love as well we said that like the depth of your love for someone else really is in a relationship to the depth of love that you have available to yourself so part of the forgiving process is learning how to forgive yourself because once you can forgive yourself, you can understand that we all deserve a bit of compassion, a little bit of a break, a little bit of a understanding. And people make mistakes. We we muck up. That's just how we, we roll. And so allowing yourself that grace can allow that for other people. And so it's a it's a it's a joint process. And that's where, like kind of we said at the beginning, there's these two different tracks. There's looking at the, your partner's, uh, you know, problems, quote unquote, and mm-hmm. forgiving them. And there's looking at your part of it and forgiving yourself. And that those two things are really heavily interrelated. If you can't forgive yourself, it's going to be really hard to forgive the other person. Yeah. 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 So I think maybe tying it all together, you know, back to what why we're doing this topic today in terms of Yom Kippur, like, you know, we spend an entire day asking for forgiveness, asking, you know, Hashem to forgive us and to let us off the hook and and to realize that we're not perfect. And so really it is an entire day where we are recognizing that we are far from perfect. Um, and I think when it comes to, you know, being able to do that with other people, um, it is not an easy road because I think, as we've said, it, it requires being with difficult feelings, it requires broadening our understanding of others, it requires us to let go of control and to stop needing everything to be perfect. Um, But it also builds us into bigger people. And it builds us into people who have deeper compassion and deeper understanding for ourselves and others. Um, And it's, it's a really powerful, self reflective process where we can see all the places where we're not okay with ourselves. Yeah, and I would add that just like we said previously, that when you can feel self-love, um, often that allows Hashem's love to it allows you to feel Hashem's love for you. It's a very similar paradigm when it comes to forgiveness. Mm. That you get a whole new understanding of God's forgiveness for you 
and his ability to have rachamim and you know mercy and and patience and all yeah. the different attributes that we that we give you know the 13 attributes that we constantly are saying hashem hashem right we say it over and over again on yom kippur so it really does give you a whole paradigm shift when you have the ability to do that for yourself when you experience it firsthand suddenly wow hashem's chesed you can understand it so much better that right. you can you can like it makes so much more sense because of course like think about it for your child of course you're gonna allow them their mistakes right they're they're, they're growing they're trying their best they're they're gonna make mistakes same thing for you you're a human being you're you're not perfect and so you can make mistakes you can, can forgive yourself and therefore hashem can also forgive you and just and we say it's mida connected mida like when you forgive others hashem forgives you so it's all interrelated this whole thing is one big mush of of really this depth of understanding of compassion of understanding mm -hmm. forgiveness understanding it the more you understand it in one aspect the more it reflects in all other aspects and all other relationships so it's a really apparent it's like it's just a huge thing for you to be able to get um more forgive the more forgiveness you have within you and hell again healthy forgiveness not just like right. just not just like wiping the slate clean because you know you have to right, right. doing it out of a at a depth of feeling and understanding of of our frailties as human beings more than all other relationships yeah it's a bit of like a hall of mirrors you know it just it just reflects like everywhere around you in terms of, you know, forgive in one place and it starts to reverberate out. And I also really like um, what you were saying, because it reminds me that on Yom Kippur, like this isn't like a ritual of forgiveness. This is a relationship. Um, you know, so often we think, oh, Yom Kippur, I'm going to go say the magic words and it's part of a ritual and it's a practice. But really what we're doing is we're repairing a relationship, and so the model that we have for Yom Kippur is supposed to also be able to model for us in our relationships what's possible. Um, so for me, that's very hopeful um, to move forward into the year, you know, starting off with forgiveness. Yeah, and if I could just ask, I'll add one last piece to this. I think I've mentioned briefly, but this forgiveness is really a powerful, empowering event it's something that if you have the right perspective it's like you know you could come at it from like oh it's a point of weakness you know i'm just i'm letting it go right i'm being weak i'm letting it no you're actually saying you know what i'm i'm gonna allow my own i'm gonna claim my own emotions as mine and valid mm -hmm. i'm gonna not need them to acknowledge it i'm gonna not need them i don't need them for this process because i get to own my understanding of the situation i get to you know validate myself etc cetera, etc cetera, as i've said before and it's very empowering to be able to say you know what i'm gonna understand they did wrong and i'm gonna let it go whether they know it i'm gonna let them be with their with their um they're gonna have to own their mistakes for the rest of their life in other words it's gonna come if they don't deal with it it's gonna come up with in every other relationship that they have and so you're kind of saying i see you for your faults and i'm, and I'm gonna be compassionate and let you go for what happened here and that's in a very empowering scenario to be in it's very powerful so it's beautiful. it's a paradigm shift on, on on the forgiveness i think yeah beautiful love it awesome okay so i think that's our episode for today our special yom kippur um, episode on forgiveness and forgiving our exes
Um, as always, if you have comments, if you have questions, if you have feedback, if you have concerns, um, please let us know. Please get in touch with us. All of our information is in the liner notes. Um, if you have a topic you think we should cover, we would love to hear from you. We love hearing from our listeners. Um, and I think that's it for today. Uh, we were wishing everybody um, a good and easy fast. Um, anything else? It's a bit. May your may your depth of understanding and forgiveness affect you, your relationship with Hashem, and uh, everyone around you. Amen. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for joining us. If you have an idea for an episode or a question for either David or myself, don't hesitate to reach out, or you can leave us a voice message. The link for that is in the liner notes. If you think you know someone who could benefit from any of our information, ideas, tools, or conversations, please go ahead and share this podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on whatever podcast app you're using. And please leave us a rating and a review so anyone who is trying to find us can do so more easily. Remember, you're not alone. You got this. And we're all working together to get transformed. Bye for now.